How many times have you got up in the morning and said, oh man, I've got the depression. I'm really bloody sad and it's just such bullshit. Depression is a serious illness and you shouldn't have to live that way. Many people will give you their advice or remedies or even suggest seeing a professional, which is just often total crap. Nothing can help you see the light at the end of the tunnel. That is until today with the Dirty Boys Doctor Help Me app. Feeling down? Have you had enough? Do you feel like the walls are caving in sometimes? Are you tired of worrying about who's going to come in your bedroom in the middle of the night? Well, worry no more with the Dirty Boys Dr. Help Me app. The Dirty Boys have proudly partnered with Hong Pam's Chinese Warehouse to deliver a state-of-the-art, boundary-pushing app that gives you helpful advice when you're on the go. Simply download the app totally for free, which is an amazing deal. Now that you have the app, when you're feeling a little low, simply talk into the app and tell Dr. Help Me all of your problems. And for the simple non-refundable subscription fee of $49.95 per month, Dr. Help Me will give you all the advice to help keep you going. The Dr. Help Me app may sound like all those other self-help apps that are telling you that their app is better, but this one stands out simply because it is better. Plus, if you choose Dr. Help Me, you can at least have the peace of mind that you paid $49.95 to give it a go. And if you don't give it a go, you'll never know. So give it a go. Dirty Boys Doctor Help Me app is not legally considered self-help. Consult an actual doctor. All right, Glenn, we've got a big show today. Big show. That is right, Bobby. A big show and a different show. Something we've never done here at the Dirty Boys podcast. What have we got? We're talking about foreign films today. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, we've been, as you know, covering Hollywood movies and all that sort of stuff. But there are other countries out there with quality cinema, and we thought uh, we'd cover it for you guys on the show today. Yeah, I mean, we've always been fans of the American blockbusters, but today we want to spread our wings a little and explore, you know, Japanese cinema, Chinese cinema, Asian cinema. There's so many different yep. types of cinema out there that we want to explore and, and show you guys. So with that, here's our very first Dirty Boys Foreign Special. Dirty Boys Network Podcast. Alright, how the fuck are you going? It's the fucking Dirty Boys here, it's me Bobby. And it's me Glenn here, riding co-pilot. And welcome to another episode of the Dirty Boys Film Review. Glenn, we've had a huge season so far, real exciting. A lot of great um, feedback from our fans. In oh, fact, yeah. I'm just going through the mail now and I've got a letter here from Debbie from Padstow. Yep. Uh, do you want to open it up, Bob? Yeah, sure. Pass here's the letter. Here. Alright, Debbie writes... Hey, dirty boys, you fucking dogs. The Commonwealth Bank did not get you a grant. It's a business loan that they will expect you to pay back. You're hemorrhaging money if you don't look into getting a business advisor on board and you're going to find yourself in some real trouble soon. Fuck you, Debbie. Uh, Thanks for the letter, Debbie. Uh, No thanks for the advice. Mm. We don't need a business advisor. Do you have any idea how much those people cost? Yeah, we crunched the numbers. And after hiring Ruth as our receptionist, getting her a company car, getting her a second receptionist and leasing a new state-of-the-art studio, there was actually no money left for this business advisor. So We're not wasting our money here. Yeah. 
thanks for the advice. Um, but maybe you need a business advisor because obviously you know nothing about basic numbers and counting. So, you know, let's go with that. So speaking of letters, we're getting a lot of letters from the bank. Uh, they're sending us letters with words saying things like payment overdue, serious penalties. It's really not good stuff, Bob. I'm, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah. Well, look, not only that, but actually the ACCC have come after the Dirty Boys and some of our products. Um, and as you may have heard in episode one, we unleashed the new Dirty Boys cleaning service. And it's a new cleaning service that basically revolutionized the way that you do cleaning. But unfortunately, the service resulted in 481 complaints to the ACCC last week. So we've had to shut the service down. It, it isn't going to plan, but Glenn, how are we doing in terms of our five-year plan? What's it looking like? Well, right now, Bobby, we're hoping to be at that $1 million mark in terms of revenue. Here we go. And drum roll, please. Yep. We've hit that. We've hit that? Yeah. Yeah. Have a look at the numbers. I'll just send you the uh, email right now. That's amazing. All right. Oh, my God. We've hit the $1 million mark. We did it, Bob. What's with the minus in front of the number? Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. And why is the number red? Oh, so it stands out. That's just normal. Ah, okay. Well, I do like red. Mm. Well, uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we've got uh, an amazing foreign film special uh, that we'd like to share with you guys. And the first foreign film that we're going to be reviewing today is Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo. In the world of secret agents, Clark Devlin has a license to kill. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Jimmy Tong has a license to drive. Take Grand Boulevard all the way. Yes, sir. Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo is a 2002 action comedy foreign spy spoof movie directed by Kevin Donovan and starring Chinese pop star Jackie Chan. And along for the ride is Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jason Isaacs and Courtney Cox. Like we say, the film was a spy spoof movie, but this isn't just any spy spoof movie. This is a spy spoof movie that involves Jackie Chan wearing a tuxedo. Which is, you guessed it, the same tuxedo mentioned in the title film Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo. So let's listen to a clip from the film Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo. Hello, my name is Jimmy Tong. What can I say to convince you to have lunch with me? Sorry, are you hurt? I'm I thought all your people know karate. Not everybody Chinese is Bruce Lee. Just calm yourself, eh, Jimmy? So fresh off the press circuit for Rush Hour 2 in 2001, Chan was offered the lead role in Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo, but he flat out declined. Chan told interviewers that he wanted to sink his teeth into a real serious role. His goal? He wanted to become the first Asian actor to win a Golden Oscar. So his agents set him up with uh, a few auditions around Hollywood. His first audition as a serious actor was for the role of Warren R. Schmidt in the 2002 comedy drama About Schmidt. After seven rounds of a grueling audition process which lasted nearly a year, Jackie narrowly missed out on the lead role which eventually went to Jack Nicholson. The casting agent said they loved seeing Jackie at the audition, especially with all the karate moves he improvised. But in the end, the script describes Schmidt as a retired Caucasian American in his 70s. And unfortunately, Jackie just didn't suit the role. His next audition proved to be equally unsuccessful. As Jackie auditioned to be the father in the 2002 film My Big Fat Greek Wedding. In the feedback, producer said, 
we love the karate moves, but we feel like this movie just isn't right for you. Yeah. And feeling the sting of rejection, Jackie went to a local Starbucks in West Hollywood and ordered a double chocolate mudslide before suddenly and violently lashing out at the Starbucks employee, kicking him in the face and head. Yeah, I remember reading about this, Bob. Um, these horrible actions landed Jackie in court. Yeah, they did. He was um, ordered to pay a fine and these legal fees were up to $200,000. So Jackie was actually forced back to his roots. He was, you know, forced back to do what he was good at and that was another karate movie. So he finally accepted the role in Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo. Let's listen to a clip. One has a secret worth $2 billion. Never touch my tuxedo. That's definitely not a rental. All right, Glenn, bit of trivia on this uh, foreign film, Jackie Chan's A Tuxedo. Oh, hit me with it, Bobby. I love myself a bit of Jackie Chan and trivia. Yeah, I know you do. So as we know, Jackie Chan becomes a famous spy throughout the movie. So for most of the film, we see him wearing that famous tuxedo. Yeah. According to uh, his contract, Jackie was actually obligated to wear the tuxedo for the entire shoot, with producers refusing to spend any of the film's budget on a second suit. Now, in order to show his commitment to the director, Jackie demanded to sleep in the tuxedo day and night, refusing to shower and rarely applying deodorant as it was against his beliefs. Now, Glenn, by day three of the shoot, Jennifer Love Hewitt asked HR if she could be computer-generated into some of her scenes as she would be too sick to stand near Jackie Chan. HR refused, leading Jennifer Love Hewitt to simply suck it up and film her scenes with him. Gosh, poor thing. It would have been terrible. I actually read about this. In some scenes, you can actually see a bucket in the background, which was kept on standby just in case Jennifer Love Hewitt felt like vomiting while filming her scenes with Jackie Chan. Yeah, who can blame her? So Hewitt was asked about her experience working on Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo. In a recent interview promoting her new film, Up In That Snatch Part 2, stating... The reason I did this film was to really challenge myself by accepting other cultures and becoming tolerant of diversity. Mm, it's really good of her to say, and it just goes to show, Glenn, how good foreign movies can be, you know? We've got to give them a go. Hello? Are we on? You are calling Clark Devlin. I take my work seriously, Mr. Devlin, so please stop using that ridiculous accent. Now, Glenn, Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo is one hell of a ride. One thing that makes this film so watchable to me, are the karate scenes with Jackie Chan. That's how you know you're watching a foreign movie, because of the karate sequences. Some scenes you may say to yourself, hang on, I know Jackie Chan is foreign, but everybody, including Jackie, is speaking English, plus this is a distinctly American production. Yeah. But then you realise, hang on, there's karate. So that's definitely Chinese. Chinese is foreign. This is a foreign film. It's a movie. foreign film. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I just love watching Jackie Chan do what he does best. You know, the kicks, the punches, mm. all those moves. Yeah. It just really makes you, you know, glad that he, he set the bar low as a decent actor. Yeah. I just have to say, it's it such an honor to be working with the legendary Clark Devlin. Ready? They're arriving. Mm. <sighs> all right, Glenn. Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo. What did you reckon of the movie? Straight up, I had to give it four stars, Bobby. Oh, yeah. Um, Jackie Chan should have won the Oscar for this movie. I think Adrian Brody did a great job in The Pianist, but some might say, you know, yeah, just a nomination would have been acceptable, but not a win. I don't remember any karate in The Pianist, mm. and that's really where it falls short as a motion picture. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Chan should have won, 
And if Adrian Brody had any fucking sense in his body, he'd hand his best actor over to Jackie Chan for the tuxedo. Yeah, Glenn, I absolutely agree with you on that one. I'm going to have to also say four stars for Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo. It's one of the best foreign films ever made. Um, The only criticism I have of the movie is that there doesn't appear to be a clear reason as to why Jackie Chan is wearing the tuxedo. He's really good at the karate moves, and I appreciate him doing it this time in style. But I think we can all agree... You know, he does look good, but why does he have to wear it for the whole movie? It's a bit distracting from the plot, but other than that, great movie. Good movie, yeah. Crazy about the Tuxedo. Glenn, you're looking a bit uh, down in the dumps, mate. What's going on? Yeah, I am, Bob. I just haven't haven't really been myself for the past couple of days. Oh no. I um. Well, last night I ate about twelve tacos, and now it's giving me the squirts. Oh. I've been back and forth with, to the toilet with just just diarrhea, not good. And on top of that, I'm a bit anxious about this you know whole thing going on with the bank saying that payments have been overdue. Yeah. Just, I feel like I'm getting a bit of that depression, you know. Yeah. Well, there is somebody you can turn to and talk to about these problems, mate. Really? Yeah. Um, we've got the Doctor Help Me app, um, which we've uh, set up in partnership with Hong Pam's Chinese Warehouse. Uh, you tell Doctor Help Me your problems, all these weird problems that you've got recently. That's yeah. a good example. Shoot him in the app, and then you get your advice. Should we give it a go today? Yeah, let's do that. All right, let's do it. Let's just get my phone. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Doctor Help Me app created by the Dirty Boys in partnership with Hong Pam's Chinese Warehouse. I am Doctor Help Me. How can I help you today? Well, um, I've just, just as I was saying before, I've had um, chronic diarrhea, you know, got the trots, and I'm just a bit worried about this whole thing going on with the bank saying that they owe us, we, we owe them money and that we're in complete debt to the bank. I just don't know what to do. Okay, have you got any advice? Give me a second to process your depression. Okay, sure. No worries. Thank you for using the Dr. Help Me app. You have mentioned problems of severe depression and chronic diarrhea. It sounds to me that you have severe depression and chronic diarrhea. Thank you for using the Dr. Help Me app. So there you go, Glenn. Do you feel better? Has Dr. Help Me uh, sorted you out? Uh, I, I guess so. Yeah, sometimes you just need to, you, you need somebody to lift you up, and Doctor Help Me is there to, uh, you know, show you the light. I guess we didn't really do much. And for a simple non-refundable subscription fee of forty nine ninety five per month, Doctor Help Me will give you all the advice to help keep you going. And it is a hard life. I feel like I didn't really get any advice though, and I'm still feeling quite low. Yeah. Well. Uh, Download Doctor Help Me today. So now it's it's no secret that we are probably the two biggest fans of Tom Cruise. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, if you listen to our first season, you would remember our very special segment called Sex Scene of the Week. Mm. Now, it was by complete coincidence that Tom Cruise just happened to be in every sex scene that we reviewed. Yep. This made us realize what a remarkable and sexy actor he is. When we found out that he did a foreign film called The Last Samurai... 
we knew that we had to review this film for our foreign episode yep. for the Dirty Boys. So although there is no real sex scene in this film, just a few scenes of him being topless, um, swinging around a sword and stuff. So we went into this film a little hesitant, a little on guard, thinking it might not be that good because yeah. there's no sex scene. However, we were totally blown away by this film. So blown away. So here's our review of The Last Samurai. I've been hired to help suppress the rebellion of yet another tribal leader. Apparently, this is the only job for which I am suited. For six months' work, I am to receive three years of captain's pay, teaching Orientals to soldier. Now, The Last Samurai is a story set in 19... um, It's a really long time ago... And it's about a general played by Tom Cruise who sets out to wipe out the last remaining samurai in China, allowing the government complete control of the land. Now, Tom Cruise leads an army to fight the samurai only to become their prisoner and slowly building a relationship with his captors. He becomes accepting of the samurai and he learns about their unique culture and cool Chinese way of life. Now, Glenn, straight off the bat, we have to discuss the lengths that Cruise took just getting into his character for this foreign movie. Oh, very impressive. Yeah. In a movie full of talented Asian actors, which is so much fun to see, um, producers decided, obviously, to cast Tom Cruise just to promote a bit of white representation in the film. Now, as we say, we're a bit sceptical. But after watching this film, we were amazed to see how Cruise transformed into his character of The Last Samurai. Firstly, Tom Cruise wasted no time. Mm. When he actually got the part of the leading role in The Last Samurai, he began learning Chinese every day as to give a more genuine performance. Cruise would often speak his very limited and often made-up Chinese whilst filming, which caused a lot of uh, frustration between him and the rest of the people working on set. This led to a very drawn-out shooting schedule. Several people even tried to explain to him that it wasn't a Chinese film and that he should be learning Japanese instead. But he paid no attention to them, often remarking something rude in Chinese. Acting is an art form, and sometimes you just got to let an actor or an artist do their thing. What can the general tell me about this man, this samurai, Katsumoto? Now, Glenn, this is really interesting. Upon doing our research uh, on The Last Samurai, we learned that Cruz was so invested and focused on his character that when they were shooting the actual fight scenes, he refused to use the plastic swords provided by the costume company. Yeah, I remember hearing about this. Yeah, and he spent nearly $7,000 on an actual samurai sword that he would use on set. He wanted his performance to be as authentic as possible. This caused havoc on set as no one thought it was fair or safe that Cruz have an actual samurai sword on set. However, the director approved this, allowing Tom Cruise to have his own samurai sword, despite several extras on set suffering serious, near-fatal injuries and also multiple complaints to HR. Oh, that would have been really difficult to deal with. We will pay you $400 a month. So what do you say we put the past behind us? Assume firing position! Assume firing position! This was such an influential film. At the time, there had really never been a foreign film with an American A-lister. In a recent interview promoting his new film, Mission Impossible 6, Tom Cruise was asked if he'd ever do another foreign film again. And he replied, The reason I did this film was to really challenge myself by accepting other cultures and becoming tolerant of diversity 
I have mastered the foreign cinema scene. And in doing that, I have paved the way for other American actors doing foreign films like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino or even Tom Hanks in Captain Phillips. Yeah, it was really good of him to say and it just goes to show how good foreign films can be. Yeah, pretty good. You kept me alive just to speak English? Then what do you want? To know my enemy. All right, Bob. So The Last Samurai, Tom Cruise, what do you think? Yeah, The Last Samurai, look, uh, great movie, great ride. I'll give it that. Look, I'm going to have to give it three and a half stars. Okay, how come? Got a big problem with the movie, look. There's a big focus on swords and uh, Asian culture. and we all, we all love that sort of thing, you know, swing of the sword. It's big and exciting. But I feel like the big fight scene at the end, they would have had a lot more of a success rate with a gun. Yeah. Now, chuck a couple guns in there, boom, boom, a couple guys dead, they would have done well. But, you know, with a sword, you've got to get up close, you've got to swing away, and you might not even kill them. Mm. It's just an obvious answer that I thought of, and this movie didn't even think of it, and it's just a big plot hole. I've got a problem with it. What did you think of The Last Samurai? Well, I'd have to give it a 3.5 too, Bobby. Um, I kind of went to this film with Tom Cruise, you know, in my mind thinking he's going to, there's going to be a sex scene. Yeah, sex scene. There's none of that. And I was a no. little led astray here, a little bit disappointed yeah. because I went into this film thinking I'm going to see some penis and I didn't see any of it. And that's a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. Three and a half from the boys. Guys, we've got a new edition of our famous segment this week. Name that sound. What? No. No, don't do it. No. No, don't do it. No, don't do it. Must be weird not having anybody come on you. Name that sound with the dirty boys. Okay, so if this is the first time you're tuning into this one, it's pretty self-explanatory. Basically, we've taken a famous sound from a famous Hollywood movie, and all you have to do is... Name that sound. All right, so should we play the sound, Glenn? Let's do it. Here's the sound. Guys, if you can name that sound, reach out to us on the social media channels and you get to win a prize. I'm not going to ruin it this time, Bobby. I know. Yeah. I understand how the segment works. That's all right. Look, the last couple of weeks, it's been a bit of a problem, but um, yeah. Well, well let hey, me I just got an email from Ruth. Oh, what did she say? Hey, Dirty Boys. Doing a great job on the podcast. Just that with that sound, kind of reminds me of that scene in the Bernie Mac movie, Booty's House of Rhythm and the Funky Gang Part 4 where Bernie Mac has a dance-off with those underage prostitutes. Is that the sound? She's got it now, hasn't she? Yeah, she's Now the right audience the can't guess. Yeah, well, name that sound. She did it. 
But we have to let the audience guess, and now we have to give her a prize. Well, she won fair and square. No, no, don't do it. No, don't do it. Name that sound with the dirty boys. Alright guys, that's it. Thanks for listening to our foreign film special with the Dirty Boys. Yeah, I hope you learn a little bit about foreign cinema and you know you have a new appreciation of the art itself, foreign cinema. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of fun putting it together for you guys. Glenn, what have you got there, mate? Oh, uh, I just got another letter here, I'll just open it. For a letter from one of our fans? Uh oh no. From the other people, Bobby. Oh, from the bank. From the bank. Oh, mate, just put it in the pile. We, just, don't, we don't need this. Don't need that negativity in your life. I'll put it in the pile with, along with all the other ones. Well, uh, in case you missed it, my name is Bobby. And my name's Glenn. And uh, we're the Dirty Boys. We'll catch you next week. The Dirty Boys Network Podcast. In association with Hong Kam's Chinese Warehouse. Hong Pam. Good products so you can buy them.